Welcome back, everybody, to the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I am your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 283, the real episode 283. been um it's been a long time i've been looking at the the queue of episodes and i'm like man me and dave haven't recorded and i haven't recorded with my my pal adam and i'm like it's time to get get back on the ball i go through these little lulls through the year where a couple weeks go by and i'm like "Ah, just get on with it already either you're gonna shut this thing down or make another episode so i got i got a couple goodies coming up a book club with Adam next week. We're going to do Terminal Velocity with The Flash, Mark Wade. Oh, okay. He, yeah. Did and I get that I think you... I, I think remember. it's this... Uh, we're recording now, by the way, but it's this trade. It's the one is where book, Impulse... Is that book four? Is this is book four, yeah. Yes, I did get that far, yeah. Yeah, I haven't... I've read chunks of the Mark Wade run in the old style trades where they were just kind of doing storylines and I was trying to piece the run together bit by bit and it was all in like secondhand bookstores so it was like hunting for treasure a little bit yeah and there was a couple where I tried to purchase them on Amazon and they're like through the the roof so when I would go to bookstores and it was like these hole in the wall places it was that's the one the return of Barry Allen, like you can't find this. This is great. <laughs> this is part of the fun of, of the hobby, right? Is when you you yeah. you're kind of like the kid in the never ending story. Have you ever seen that movie before? No, I've never actually watched someone realized the other day I've never watched Never Ending Story and I didn't hear the end of it. <laughs> well, it the, the charm of it is more the fact that he finds one solace in a book being like this outcast bully kid, and he steals this book from this dusty old bookstore that you know there's something enchanted in there like it's just one of those places where the bookstore keeper is grumpy don't touch it you know and he steals the book that he's not supposed to steal and he reads it up in like the school attic and he and the story is meta right he the reader is actually influencing what happens in the book okay so it's that he inter he starts to interact with the the story that's the fun of it as a kid watching it right that first bit sounded like about six different films from the 80s yeah it, it feels <laughs> like goes it. In a, into a shop and they get a thing they're not supposed to get gremlins yeah. never in exactly exactly the majority of the movie takes place in like the never-ending story land okay you know like i guess you're right it's kind of like in princess bride have you watched princess bride i've only seen a bit of it I've never actually seen it. Can you believe that? Highly recommend it. I thought it was a completely different type of film. It's. I didn't know it was supposed to be funny. So like when yeah. I found out, it was only fairly recently. And I'm like, oh bollocks! Why didn't I? <laughs> why didn't I watch this? I would have liked it. Yeah, it's 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 a such a timeless fun film. I t- I've talked about it way too much on this podcast in the past. Where it's like, what's on your hidden gems list? What's that top five movie? What's your? But um, in the in the sense of going in and out of the story being read and then to the main character, there's uh-huh. just those type of blips. But the majority of the story is like fantasy. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, I like that movie. Yeah, your kids might your kids might enjoy it actually. 
I might. Princess Bride, though, I think you'd like it. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I'm going to get that guy. Good. I've got to. Yeah, it's fun. It takes... It, it's still high adventure, but also very aware of its stupidity, but not uh-huh. in a spoofy way. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. From what I've seen, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very charming. Um, it's, it's, since we last recorded, a lot's been gone down. Free comic book yeah. day. Uh, Free comic book day. Did you get anything? I did. I got um, the Valiant previews. Oh yeah, yeah. I got the um, super pets. Oh, I didn't see that one. It's yeah. It's, oh no, yeah. My daughter got it. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. And uh, the Spider-Man Venom. But I gotta tell you, like, I just nothing on the DCN interests me right now. You've I've told you that before. And even with Marvel, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna get interested in any of these ongoing series. Like, I'm a nerdy nerd alert i'm a collector like i collect these these chunks of story where i want to yeah. read whole stories I, i'm not interested in let's see if this is good and pay six bucks a month like i don't know how much a comic book is in england but it's six dollars here it's it's about six quid here weirdly it's just about the same which must mean it's incredibly expensive <laughs> it's everything is incredibly expensive now so it's like I'm gonna have to be picky choosy with the stuff that I'm gonna spend a lot of money on. Like this is an expensive yeah. hobby. So whether you're getting it in trades, if you're getting it weekly, monthly, it out it all adds up to the same. Saying that, I mean, like, I can't imagine like if you compare the price of single issues with the price of an of a hardback, hardcover, collected edition. I can't understand why anyone's buying singles anymore. It's it's to it's flip so it. It's so expensive. It's to flip them. That's really it. It's to be because because yeah. look at it's an interesting thing, right? Where everything is being turned into a television show and a movie. Yeah. And it's a question I'd like to ask a lot of. I, I want to start asking a lot of the modern day creators, where it's like, do you create with this in mind? Because Miss Marvel is getting a television series, and it's not even a. Maybe ten years old now. Her her series. Maybe she's a ten year old character. You know? She might be. Yeah, I she, think it was just after Infinity. It wasn't yeah? It was after Infinity. So that was probably about two thousand eleven. Was that one? No, it wasn't. It was two thousand fourteen. Something like that. She, I feel like her first series started after Avengers X Men. That's that. Yeah, Avengers versus X Men. That was like a. It, it was definitely after it, but I think it was after Infinity because in, in Infinity the Terrigen, uh, Terrigen yes thing happened. I just can't remember off the top of my head what year that was because I haven't, I haven't, um, I've read it obviously, but I haven't kind of covered it yet, and I haven't read it in a long time. And now I'm cheating by looking at my own website to find out when it came out. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> plug number one <laughs> infinity was 2013 or at least it started in 2013 there you go yeah so it's less than so all of these characters are less than 10 years old and making it onto the big screen you've got yeah. something like uh, sweet tooth from jeff lanier that was a vertical yeah, title that true. got a whole television show now so mark miller they're making the killer yeah so that the, the killer i'm actually reading the, the comic at the moment it, it is awesome it's so good. So I got the, the complete killer. Well, it's actually called the complete the killer, which is just weird. 
That's like the Transformers of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's this chunky... Oh, I should have brought it over in preparation, Shake. But it's, it's, um, it's basically about Hitman that's losing it. Um, and he's kind of... He doesn't know he's kind of losing it for a long time. But basically, it's, just, it's a lot of political stuff and a lot of him figuring out the world and his perspective on things and the way he judges other people. And it sort of starts to flip and he's he's edging towards... I don't want to spoil it. He's kind of edging towards a normal life. Um, but that's coming out. That's going to be on Amazon. It's going to have... Uh, what was the guy that played Magneto in X-Men First Class? What was his name? Michael Fassbender? Michael Fassbender is going to be the main character. Wow. And that's a pretty obscure... Yeah. ...series. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why people might be still... To answer your question, like maybe that's why they're trying to get single issues because anything could become the new walking dead yeah right it really could and what you get these like i don't know how many times dave i've been at a con and i flip through long boxes or the you know the darker than scarlet storyline is a good storyline vision quest is a good storyline but now those issues are big bucks stuff that mm-hmm. was in dollar bins five you know that wasn't super expensive Look what happened with Mephisto as well. When there was a hint that Mephisto might be in One Division, yeah, and then all of a sudden his first appearance went crazy. Yeah, and it's it went, just specu- yeah, not really. <laughs> it's all speculators, and I think that I don't know if Marvel is is also playing that game too. I think they're screwing with people. They gotta is, be. Yeah, it's it's kind of they know they're screwing with people. They know that people are jumping on that, but I mean, it means they can release the collected editions, which I'm fine with. Like that's cool. Because I want the old stuff. I want that John Byrne omnibus, um, Avengers one. Re-release it. So, um, <laughs> hit, 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 hit. Um, but yeah, that that's when we benefit. But I think, yeah, they they are kind of messing with people because of, I mean, people are looking this stuff up anyway, aren't they? They're, they're looking for spoilers. Yeah. So they're going, hey, well, maybe this is this will be what happens, and then, nah, not really. Yeah, it, and I. I but for me, that's, crazy. that's the only reason why when I go to my comic shop to this day, I, I look at what's come out and I think, there's a number one, mm, what's happening here? And then I, I think you got the issue where Jonathan Kent comes out as bi, like, should I have that issue? It's a stupid reason to buy an issue, but that will be like, he kissed the boy. Like, that's news. Has that gone up in price? Is that a... I think those are the I think those are the issues that probably sold like higher you know a number five jumps up from the number four because this is a moment and yeah. it's it's ways for I don't know if they're planning it but it feels kind of like it where an issue five that's the one to wait for issue six everyone goes to buy that not because they're reading the book mm-hmm. I think readers buy trades and omnibus yeah right I asked my comic book shop owner that actually I'm like. How do you see your customers and plan what's in your store for each customer? Like you know, yeah. And he was like, "Well, you." He, he, I was describing him like my way of shopping. Now he's like, "You're a reader. Like you're coming in to read. Like you're a good customer to have because you're going to come back for another book. But you might not be here every week to get that latest issue and be to get the variant. Like that's it's a tough." business it's a weird it's a hobby business we're weird yeah 
<laughs> it's weird. You've come to this realization now. Oh no, I I, I always <laughs> when I realized I had to get more shelves and and like more shelves, I'm like, oh, this is. There's times where it gets me upset at myself. You ever have those moments? Not upset, just worried. Yeah, it's like I've I've turned over like a, a couch cushion. Like a in my my comic room is my book room, right? There's gonna be books yeah. everywhere, but yeah. there's times where I go into spots where I'm like, why is there a book inside of a shoebox? Like, <laughs> why are this backpack is, is supposed that? to be empty? Like, why do I have trades in here? Like, what are you doing to yourself, right? And it's not that some of them are are, are meant to be given back to people. Some of them are gonna be sold, but you realize like. You've read a lot and you bought a lot of shit. <laughs> I've actually got to the point now as well where I don't buy trades. I can't afford it. I bought so many trades lately that I've just not liked. And you can't get rid of them. So I just give them away. Yeah, that's what I I've do. given away loads of books lately. And it's I can't afford to do that. I, I so gave away if my... If you buy a hardcover, you can sell it. Yeah. Honestly, so. And if you keep it long enough, it might become... Something yeah. people have their eye on. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just thinking right. about giving away trades. I gave away the, my whole Hickman set. I think it was 11. Uh, the, the whole Hick- which, which series? FF. Sorry. Oh, FF. I had just, I, I got the Omni, Omnis for it because it was something I would have purchased earlier yeah. in that format if I knew how good it was. So uh-huh. I'm like, this is worthy to have and it's easier to read. I don't know if. Yeah. The trades became very difficult to read that I stopped reading them because you got to go back and forth, back and forth, yeah. book to book, right? And so I said, this is a much better way to have it, much better way to experience it. And I gave a, a guy at work who's like a new – he's really into Marvel and the shows uh, and everything, but he loves – he started buying trades. But kind of in an irresponsible way, as judgmental as that sounds, where he's like, oh, there's – I want to read about the maestro. There's a new maestro trade coming out. I'm like, that's not the one you think you've read about. Like, this will be a little different. You might be, oh, there's an Infinity War book. And I'm like, that's not the one you're made famous, right? <laughs> you, you can't. Can you imagine being yeah. new to this? No. It must be horrific. No, and I know what it was like when I would get in and out of comics trying to catch up and learn. Because yeah. there was a time where there would be trades but they wouldn't list what volume it is. They wouldn't list what issues it collects. And you were just trying to keep up with the story because it was still a relatively niche thing to have trades, right? Yeah. Not everything was getting it. It was just starting to become branded that way. Yeah. And so... It's not, it's not been forever, has it? No, it's relatively new. There was Marvel Masterworks that was a high-priced item, and you would get like trades for key, key series, key story arcs and stuff as well. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and so I was like, ah, don't, don't just go stir crazy buying those books because they're not the ones you think you're gonna read. Uh, it's completely different. Just yeah. the name is the same. So do this, and if you if you're gonna read that, you won't get it. Like the movie is not selling you – it's selling you the same thing, but it's Infinity Gauntlet you're thinking of, not Infinity War. You know? Not even then. 
as, as we've said, probably said a few times, like, got to read the Silver Surfer issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, and the cool thing is, my long story is that he was really excited about that. He's like, okay, I'm going to get that one instead. And he was reading sort of like the older books and still yeah. appreciating those versions. I'm like, okay. That's cool. You've passed your test. Here's, <laughs> and I gave him, I gave him the Ruingo, uh, Wade and Ruingo <coughs> Fantastic Four, all the complete. Like, mm-hmm. this is really good stuff. There you go. Read it. You know, you can read it in order and you'll get a, you know when people are, are rabid fans, but it's like, and then this happened here, and then this happened there. It's like, yeah, these are very different eras. You're just you've read the Wikipedia page. You know what I mean? But that makes they, it seems so short, doesn't it? Like when you read a wiki about a character and you go, Oh my god, there's like you've missed ten years here. Right. <laughs> or you've covered it in one line. Right. And imagine trying to be a new reader to be like, I wanna read that story. It's like, well, there's a there's a, a bit of a journey, which is the fun of it. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah, this guy is, is a guy at work who I'm happy to give my trades to because he's like I'm gonna read it when I get home. I'm like yes, that's nice, right? It, it's it's almost as good as getting a little bit of money from it because you know uh, that like I'm gonna read it and then my girlfriend's gonna want to read it. Is literally what he said to me today. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's like I'm gonna go write my. He was about to write his his. Uh, certificate of qualification for a plumber cfq right and um because i have to study for that and then after that this is all i'm doing this weekend and it's just like yeah like why this is not the best way to spend your weekend right spend a stack of comics for right right exactly so i get excited to see how he could be out drinking and having fun but he's not he's being <laughs> responsible living on the edge of his next page (laughs) (laughs) oh man do you know what I was reading the um, speaking of that very thing on the flip side I was reading I actually got around to reading my War of Kings omnibus recently because I'm covering the story I'm I'm, I'm putting the reading order together oh look there's another plug hey Um, so I'm (laughs) putting the reading order together and I didn't realise the omnibus collects it in a weird order like a really weird order. Okay. Well, uh, so I've never read it. I've never read... Okay. I've read the Guardian series from Abnett and Landing, mm-hmm. and then I read the single trades for all the mini stories of um, Realm of Kings, War of Kings, and then I, yeah. I, it was the single trades of it to get like a, a feel, but not yeah. everything. It's weird. Because they, they've got, like, you know the, the, the um, storyline that introduces Vulcan to the Shi'ar and he becomes Emperor Vulcan? Okay. They've got that in the War of Kings omnibus, not in the Prelude omnibus. Oh, my God, I'm going to go super nerdy. I need to probably just stop. But basically, it's just weird. <laughs> and you think, like, you've got this in, in omnibus format. You can have a crack at putting it in order. But they just haven't at all. They've just basically got the trades, sellotape them together. I've got, there you go, mate. There you go. There's your War of Kings there. Mate, what else do you want? A couple of pairs. Few bananas. <laughs> Sorry, I'll turn into a Cockney greengrocer. Then it's weird. They just they just stuck a bunch of books together. <laughs> Especially now, I think we've talked about that before. But like, the hobby is is so diverse in how you want to engage with it that there is a whole new market for people buying 
people have you like Omar has a YouTube channel of just people tune in for Omni News. Yeah, it's that's the that's a whole market now. Even for me, I was very much kind of like, why would you ever get big books like that? Like you can't take them. No, now that's all I want to read. It's yeah. weird how I don't know if it's an age thing or way of reading it experience. <clears throat> I'm not sure. A lot of it's just it's value for money, like that too, isn't it? It, it is. really is because like you're getting a good forty to sixty issues in one book, and then if you think about that price and you look at those dollar covers, dollar prices on the covers of those singles, you go like, "You people are all crazy." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's how you get your money's worth, and they look awesome on that's, the shelf. That's the other thing too is when you've collected for a long time and you want to kind of curate. And, and keep it clean. It's There's a certain, like, I don't know. It's like going from drinking beer to having, like, scotch and whiskeys, huh? right? Hey. <laughs> I'm still on beer. Hey, <laughs> I, can appreci- I can appreciate that. But you kind of, you know, where you're going to ha- it's a little bit more gentlemanly or ladylike. <laughs> you know what I mean? So with, with an omnibus, you read it in a smoking jacket. As well. Oh, Yeah. I've done that. Yes, I have with a, a pair of slippers. And Marvel socks. Yes, actually, yes, that has happened. <laughs> I'll show you the. Sm- it's not a smoky jacket. It's one of those nice sweaters that button up. Like I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah, well, the collar pops up. I sit by the fireplace. Oh yeah. Only thing missing is a tobacco uh, pipe. I might oh, just get one for the I look. Pipe. There you go. I've lost my pipe. Someone's nicked my pipe. <laughs> no. That's one of the kids. There you go. How could you not want to read with the pipe in your mouth? I'll that sounds so out. wrong. You carry on. You carry on your own. Uh, um, it, sadly, we lost two, I guess it's inarguable, legends to the, the art form. Yeah. I mean, titans. That was very quick succession as well. It was like within a week yeah. of each other. I think people were kind of waiting about George because they had heard mm-hmm. he was sick. Neil Adams was a bit more of a surprise when people were posting about him or like just putting up his arm. Like, what's what? Is this Neil Adams day? Like, why is everyone posting up a thing? I'm like, I mean, I love them all. Like, 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 but yeah. what, are you, what are we doing here? And then I realized when I saw some, like his face in the years, I was like, oh, shit. But, um... I don't know. What comes to mind for you when you think of Neil Adams, George Perez? Start with Neil, I guess. We'll start with Neil. I mean, I, I must admit, <clears throat> I've not read a huge amount of stuff that he's drawn. Um, I've read Crease Scroll War, and he, he drew the, hell the best chunk of that. Yeah. That was the Ant-Man. The Ant-Man. Unbelievable. It's like the vision issue. Unbelievable. That wrong, but it's, it was great. It was just it's stunning. <laughs> It's stunning stuff. Um, but there are a couple of books that I really, really wanted. So weirdly for – it's funny, isn't it? It's like it's it's such the wrong way to go about it. But like if this happens and you go, like, where am I, Neil Adams? I want Neil Adams books now, please. But I've got um, Dead Man Omnibus waiting to go. I've always wanted to read that. And largely because that artwork just looks so cool. Um, and I've got the Joker Bronze Age Omnibus, which has a chunk of his Batman stuff. But I miss the Batman – Neil Adams omnibus, so I wanted that, um, and I've never read his X Men run with Roy Thomas. I've never read it. 
How has that happened? It was, it was on, it's been on my list since I was about 13, but I've never read it in all that time. So that's something I really would like to, um, I'd like to pick up. But yeah, I think, I think in terms of actually thinking of those visuals, a lot of it was things like that, that Joker cover with, um, Batman on the, on the playing card. I have that in my, uh, coming up my stairs in my basement. My wife hung that on the wall. Oh, really? Yeah, that, he's, his, um, his covers were such a thing of beauty where it's almost immediately iconic once you've seen it. Yeah. And it becomes, I've heard the term, I, I don't know who, who said this term and I always liked it, but, uh, visual library. You know, okay. You know, what people, when they see the character, there's oftentimes one artist that they'll associate it with because yes. that's the one that they saw the first time. Uh-huh. You know, so, and I said, that makes sense. I get, I get when you feel that and when it happens. Where after a while, my visual library of Spider Man, which was once. John Romita Jr. in the 80s is now uh-huh. John Romita Jr. of today, which is very different. Yeah. But, you know, there was once that Marvel house style of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, there was. And everyone's kind of... Think, I think a John Romita Jr. kind of 90s plus for Spider-Man. Yeah. Or Waringo. Yeah, people really, love, people really love the Waringo Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I've read any of it. The stories aren't great, but his art's just perfect for Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what um, I'm excited to read with the uh, Flash and Mark Wade. Oh, yeah. So there's oh, a big chunk man. of that with Raringo, and, and he is the right artist for that book. He's perfect. I've got, I, to be honest, he could draw anything, that I, and I'd read it. Even if I was going like, the, what, House of Secrets? or the, Would you, you know, like to do a... Be, I'd read it. Would you like to do a read-through of TELUS? Yes, that's I've, on my list. I've never read it, but I really, really want to because yeah, of his art. It's same. just so bright and looks like fun. It's fun and hopeful. Yeah. And I love it. It feels like a. it's got that Saturday morning cartoon vibe, but yeah. more the advert for it than the actual cartoon that you got. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Except yeah. it looks that way all the way through. Right, right, it's right. pretty. We should do that because I, I want to read it, but I've never, I'm like, do I want to read this now? Or read this instead. Let's do it. Okay, let's make an let's make an episode of it. All right, deal. Okay, but yeah, I mean, going back to what we were saying, Raringo is unfortunately another artist who passed way too young. Yeah. But uh, Neil, his his Batman covers, his Green Arrow, Green Lantern stuff might be the like the best chunk. He. He kind of feels like the original Jim Lee. Yeah, weirdly, I was going to say that same thing. The exact same thing. Like, they're not prolific. No. There isn't much to their bibliography, but the in stuff... In the grand scheme, no. In the grand scheme, no. Not for the, like, the adulation they get. Like, the one thing with Neil Adams, first I want to say... He's a great interview. He fought for creators' rights incredibly, which is probably his biggest contribution. But yeah. Neil Adams knew that he was Neil Adams. Yeah. 
And yeah, he did. You know what I mean? Yes. And his bibliography is not anywhere close to some of his peers who sometimes deserve the same amount of praise that he gets. But he sold yeah. books, right? Well, I'm, again, you're talking about... Because I nearly bought a book with his just because the cover was so strong, but it's not my era. And I think it was the Crips and like No More right. story arc of Superman, um, which I think might have been Denny O'Neill writing it. Denny O'Neill, But I nearly yeah. got it. But it's got that incredibly iconic... Superman bursting up through of chains, I think. Kryptonite, Kryptonite chains. It's, it's Kryptonite chains. So like so iconic. I remember it really well. And I was thinking like, how does it look? Um, but I'm, I'm visually, you know, there's enough of an image. When I think of, I was thinking this weirdly the other day, it's like when I think of Superman, that is one of those images that I, even if I can't see it 100%, that's the one. Yeah. And I've never even read that comic. I mean, how iconic is that when you, you've seen that image a few times? You've never read it. I had that's the, what you think of. I had the trade, and I never read it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And I and I found that issue. I own that issue. Like, when I found it for the price I found it for, I'm like, oh, I have to get this. I'm so happy I do. I have it, have it actually signed by him, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty... Yeah, I, I forgot. I actually forgot about that. When you do this for so long, you you almost like, do I own that or not? I think I do. <laughs> Is this in my mind? Yeah, but I also found the Batman with the Joker holding on the the, the card. I found that issue as well for a steal. I felt like I I almost said to the person, "I'm like, just this really the price? Are you sure?" And he's like. <laughs> I know what this is. Like he, we worked in a comic shop before. He had told me he's like, I know this is big. It was this? That's what where he like. This is going to be a big find for somebody. Oh, right. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> I found in this collection that someone had sold um, New Gods number one, Mister Miracle number one, like the oh, Kirby no. stuff, uh, Forever People number one, like a bunch of these. Kirby DC number ones. I don't, I only, the only thing I don't think was there was Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. But I found like this treasure trove of these number one issues. And then in that pile, the Neil Adams cover of the Joker holding Batman. I think that's the one where they based like the animated series episodes off of that storyline. Like it's just, the cover's good, but the story's great. You think he fights a shark in it. This sounds familiar. I watched something about that recently. Oh, man. It's just... I think you're right. Legendary. And, I f- and it, yeah, I found it for a steal. For oh. $14. No! Fourteen. ridiculous. Like, beat up copies of that book. Fetch 100 bucks, Easy. Yeah. That was a good day. <laughs> that was a good day. Are you smiling or are you frozen? <laughs> oh, uh, both. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's no, really I, holding my frozen. Friend. No, you're good. You're good now. You're good now. <laughs> oh, my chair is really creaky. Sorry. That's hilarious. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. I, is that your favorite Neil Adams cover, though? Yeah. The, it, it was, you know what it was about that issue? That the story inside was good as mm-hmm. well. But... The Ra- the Rachel Ghoul cover, 
those are pretty amazing. Um, Batman, where it's, you've got the sword mm. and that's, oh, man. Yeah. I got those posters. When he came to Toronto one year unannounced, like he was on the bill right at the last minute. Right. So when I walked in, he always had like this big table of his own with all, he had like portraits of himself on sale. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm not kidding. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. And I was so excited. The of comics. He very much. Him and Starenko. And uh, I just flipped out. I'm like, what? Neil Adams is here? Holy shit. Like, I took out all my... I was like, here, take all my money. <laughs> just all his prints, whatever I could afford. I, I Yeah. I was excited because it's like, this is a living legend. This is a guy who made significant creations that are today still... You don't come across these type of creators anymore, like in my head, right? No. I'm like, you got to talk to him. I even asked him to be on the podcast. This was in the very, very beginning. Like, do you do podcasts? He's like, you got to go through my publicist. I'm like, ah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if you want, we could come on and we'll talk about science. But I don't know if you know anything about science. I'm like. What? Yeah, he was really into We're like random. a hollow, I think a hollow earth theory or like the earth, the, the planet keeps growing. Okay. It was, yeah, sort of like this very esoteric science. He was very into it. That He had YouTube videos about it, like that he made. Really? Yeah, yeah. Let's he, this up. Yeah, so he wanted to talk about that, and I'm like, we could try. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to you about being Neil Adams, who's like the comic book artist. Did you ever try his Batman Odyssey? No, funny enough, I watched the Comic Tropes video about Odyssey and about how unreadable it is. Unreadable. It sounds utterly insane. I write crazy stuff. We should read that. Oh my God, really? It's horrible. Um, all right, <laughs> let's do it. Can I tell you how excited I was to find the hardcover of that for like a really good you know, secondhand deal, but in pristine condition. I'm like, wow. Not having read it first. I just wanted to read it because it was Neil Adams. And I okay. heard him on, you know, the, the Kevin Smith podcast, Fat Man on Batman, where he's talking about it. I'm like, this is so funky. Like, what he's talking about seems so weird. I might like it. Like, that's how I was approaching. I'm like, I know people think it sucks, but they probably, it's just not in their taste. Like, this is freaking Neil Adams. Like, let's see what he did. It wasn't good. Oh, I, I, it, it sounds crazy. Like it just, it's all over the place. It's nuts. It I is. I want to read that now. It Damn is it. so weird. It, it doesn't make any sense, Dave. And he swears that he like, you got to read it again then. Like he, he had that attitude. He goes, you didn't read it then. Because if you don't understand, he he actually said that. Wow. Because I think I asked him a question. That's or, brilliant. And he's just like, you got to get to the end when Batman kills him. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to. <laughs> you kind of admire that, though. I do. He was. Neil. <laughs> I, that's the thing, right? Is that as amazing and noteworthy his art was to the medium, his personality just went along with it. Like, he was just such an interesting person. Yeah. 
actually, Dawn, my favourite, I've got to say, my favourite. Yeah, Adams tell cover. me. Yeah, tell me. Please. I had a little moment where I was thinking, like, shit, was that Neil Adams? Or is that in my head? Um, it's it's Action Comics 466 is my favourite Neil Adams cover. Which one is that? So you, I would probably, I'd recommend looking it up. But, um, yeah, if, if there's one hmm. issue that's really made me want to pick it up... <laughs> <laughs> four six six yeah four six six I just want to see what your reaction is when you see it okay let's see this here I don't know if you you might <laughs> I turned Batman and Flash into kids and killed them you're next Superman holy right that happened that was a thing that DC produced <laughs> and that's crazy. I want that comic so much. It just like, I really want it. That era of DC seems so unreadable. It's not stuff. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm desperate for that one. Because it's crazy. I'm going to look for that now. I'm going to look for that. That's, that, I, that is crazy. It's so weird. So, Lex Luthor turning kids into, superheroes into kids and then killing them. Like, what? <laughs> 1976. God, I was like, I was three months old when that came out. That's crazy. Holy. Yeah. Hey. Times have changed. It's a good thing, right? <laughs> We've progressed, everybody. We have progressed. What about what about um, George Perez? For, what do you think of? Well, what's what's your? Hmm. If someone says George Perez, like, what would you want to pick up to kind of mark it? To show his work? To show who, to, like... To show it to yourself. Like, what, what's something that you think he's done that really resonated with you? Again, that's another guy with the iconic covers. Very much, like, we should do that. Top five cover artists. And I think both of them could be up there. Because even, yeah. even just, like, think of infinity gauntlet and then you think of crisis on infinite earths as far as events go and those covers alone i mean i'm not a fan of the storyline but those covers are insane and the art the art in it they're amazing i read that book for the art i don't understand what's going on (laughs) like just this is a a lot of preparation to tell a short story. Like, it's a lot of prep preparation of this Earth. And it's like, okay, all these Earths are exploding. Like, what's going to happen now? Get on with it. And then when they get on with it and you get into, like, the fight with Supergirl and all that stuff and the Flash, like, it, it picks up and things start to go down, right? But the, mm-hmm. all of those scenes within those pages, you know, without the dialogue, it's like, Nobody yeah. else could have drawn this story. It's a crazy amount of um, <clears throat> detail and depth and number of characters. He loved that stuff with like doing so many characters on a page or on a cover. And I, I don't know how he kept it up. When you look at his um, 1998 Avengers, and he did a, a solid run there before they were they were any guest artists. And that was when some artists were doing like three issues and going, I just need to breathe. And he was, he was, he did that, you know, the front cover, the wraparound cover with all those Avengers on. 
and then they're all featured in the first three issues, the first three issue arc. And you're like, how did you do this? I have. I ask that every time I look at the page. I, I think of him and Burn in the '80s, and I'm like, how did you guys do so much? And in each book you did, you didn't skimp out. When no. you, like you didn't avoid the work. How did? What are you? The amount of characters he would put, the amount of panels George Perez would put, and the storytelling itself was strong. You could follow yeah. it without being a reader. Everyone looked different, I think, as well. Everyone looked different. You, you, you knew who was who, even if you just saw a head with no mask. Yeah, and he never hesitated. Like it was the he's the only artist I can think of where everyone who's worked with him has said, and with George, the more you told asked him to draw, the happier he got. Because he's the only one. Mark Wade had said that about when they worked on the Brave and the Bold series. Oh, I haven't read that. That was that's on my list. It's beautiful stuff. And you just and, and this is like a it's not a mainline book. No, this isn't an event. This is its own little corner. And he's just mm-hmm. going all out on it. I don't think he actually I think there's a point where he didn't. That's what I mean. And the and the further his career got, the less shortcuts it felt like he took. Like Wanda's hair in the Avengers was just like every he, – it's like he permed it. Yeah. And you felt it. There was like a weightiness to it. Yeah. Have you tried – do you draw much? Have you ever drawn much generally in your life? Not at all. I used to draw comics for myself and I, I created whole universes of characters. I've created a lot of characters that have probably never seen the light of day. Um, I've hated drawing hair. <laughs> Because I would do, there are some artists that would kind of do that kind of curl, especially women's hair, especially. It would, yeah. You know, you'd do that kind of curl outline, and then you might do a few little bits. Like he just didn't do that. It was like if he could have drawn each individual hair, he would have done. I think. And and like you said, he was consistent. Like he didn't miss the deadlines. No. It was, uh, and so with a person like him. His, how prolific he was was impressive. Yeah. And there's something to be said about how much he added to the omniverse, if you will, of comics. Mm-hmm. In both DC and in Marvel. Yeah. It's it, very, very impactful moments were drawn by him. I mean, the, the two things I really think of with him as well, I mean, one, one in terms of something I desperately want to read again, which is his um, feature imperfect Hulk yeah. story. Um, weirdly, I'm, I'm actually mentioned on a on an Instagram post the other day. I'm also on Instagram plug number three. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mentioned like what story do you think of when you think of George Brennan? What what do you want to reread right now? And someone said feature imperfect. Feature imperfect. Um, I couldn't believe I hadn't thought of that. At that moment in time, but oh, that's that is the, the story that introduces the maestro, and it's it's Peter David. Sorry, but yeah, what a perfect team up that is, and what a fantastic story that is, and it's the equivalent of four standard issues. It's like two double sized issues. Yeah, it's just it was genuinely incredible stuff. Yeah, um, 
And then the other, on the flip side, something I've always wanted to read of his is his Teen Titans. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's never, I've never really liked teen books. Like even as a teenager, I thought like teen books were for kids. Yeah. Um, but I really want to read his Teen Titans. It's, like it's, it's really the X-Men. Of those. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reads more like an X-Men book than it does a teen book. Because everybody's going to college, and uh-huh. so it's that they're dating, and there's um, it's the soap opera. It's the soap too. opera element, exactly, mm. exactly. But it's high stakes things happening to these characters with uh, Trigon and all Deathstroke. Of Deathstroke, yeah, like these really big storylines that they're in. And they're just all like the sidekick character or the – and they become – what's cool about that era of DC, I thought, thought that they did, especially in the 90s it comes – you start to see it, is the, the, the legacy characters became better than yeah. the original, which is such a cool thing that they were able to do off the strength of story. Yeah, yeah. Like Wally West is the Flash. Yes. Right, everyone knows, and the transformation of Robin into Nightwing was was in two times. Yeah, exactly. With the and, and that costume he gave him, that disco Nightwing costume <laughs> with the collar. But because George Perez drew it, you're like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. He's the only <laughs> yeah. person who could do something to a, a, a character's costume, and even if it wasn't the best. You're kind of like, but it's he didn't take no shortcuts. No. You know, like he, he, it was hard to draw that. One of those funny things as well is there are some things where a costume will work for one artist, but not for another. Mm -hmm. And I think his, his style, because it is so very much his own and so hyper detailed that if someone else does draw it, it's going to be hard, man, to get that feel. Imagine. He's drawing Captain America. He's drawing a pre-existing costume in Captain America. So it's all fine. It's all fine. He's going to add his extra little details in. Whatever. That's fine. But if he's going to give Nightwing a disco suit, good luck. Follow up on this. <laughs> and he wore that for a while, that collar, right? He did. It's into the 90s, wasn't it? I didn't realize it was so late. Yeah. I think he had that for a while. That was a cool costume, though. <laughs> his Teen Titans is good. The Judas Contract, again, another solid storyline iconic moments where these characters today are are like Deathstroke's become his own cult following type of character yeah there's an audience for him people people like him he may not be the main story but look at the omnibuses they're putting out yeah yeah and film appearances yeah is, is there a George Price story you yeah have it that you want to oh for sure um, I was thinking of the one that comes to mind was the Action Comics number 600, I think it's 600, with Wonder Woman and Superman on the cover. It's like a – there's four different stories and on the cover mm-hmm. it's Superman with a gold statue. This is my favorite comic book as a kid. I just read that again and again and the pinups that they had with um, – I think Mike Zek had a, had a piece in there. I think. Oh. It was cool. It was like you saw these artists now like, oh, I know who that is. That's Simonson drawing Superman. Like that's neat, you know. 
So I, I took that issue with me everywhere when I was a little boy before I could read. And it was the first time I had seen Dark Side. And it was Wonder Woman, Superman, Team Up. John Byrne writing it, George Perez drawing it. Like, that's awesome. That's an awesome team up in and of itself. Yeah, it is. Right? So, and they did that crossover because George Perez was doing Wonder Woman at the time. I didn't recognize any significance when I'm reading this, but it was during their runs. Yeah. You know, post-crisis. I actually read them because I was reading, because I've been trying to read it all in order. I actually read those issues in order for the first Reading for the first time, yeah, in order with the Wonder Woman build up in her issues, and then and then Action Six Hundred, yeah, and it ties together really nicely. It's a shame they're not connected together more. No, they should be. Yeah, the the yeah, Wonder no. Woman omnibus I bought that was one of the first omnibuses I wanted to have because it was George Perez complete. You know, whether it was yeah. good or not, it was this was his what's the right word, but this was his, the thing he'll be known for. Like a magnum opus? Yes. Thank you. This was kind of his dream project because it yeah. meant something to him. But there about three volumes of that in the end or two. I think there's three. He doesn't draw all of it though. The artist changes. That's why I didn't collect oh. everything else. Okay. So if it's more it's like, is a story worthwhile? Because I think for, for a lot of his initial run, Len Wein was scripting, which helped. Okay. I couldn't remember. I think I read volumes one and two, and then I sort of stopped, but I don't remember why. Of the Omnis. When, when they did the trades. Oh, I, did, I, okay. I bought it in trades. Yeah, that's the first omnibus. That's it. Right. Which I feel is, yeah, is the, the... Stronger the, bit. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Very iconic origin story you know the images in it are what you kind of associate with wonder woman to the point where i mean like the inspiration he was to someone like phil jimenez yes i don't think he'd be offended by me saying he's like a clone of george perez especially with wonder woman yeah there's a very strong influence there i love his stuff as well that's i mean that's another thing to be grateful for you know he could influence artists like that yeah, I love his stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, yeah. think of uh, even the, the the work he did in Infinite Crisis, very Perez like, but like a perfect updated version. That's why they chose him? I think so. Yeah, I think so. For that, and and Perez makes some appearances within that series too, to like like cameos, and it's seamless. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's really good, and I think uh, Ordway. Jerry Ordway is the inker. He was the inker of, man, what an inking job he would have had to, to do to go behind George Perez on Crisis on Infinite Earths. My goodness. But he, didn't he ink Burn as well? I think so. On some stuff. I think, well, it might have been Fantastic Four. Yeah, I think you're right. Possibly some Superman. I don't know. I think it was definitely Fantastic Four. I think you're right, yeah, because he became the artist on Superman, right? He did the... Yeah. He was kind of... Somewhat Perezian as well. He, he seems to be a cross between the two. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, I think you're right. He Probably has a, from from inking. It's like when certain inkers start to carry a style of other people. Like when you see Terry Austin. I was trying to think who he reminded me of, but basically, like Terry Austin hasn't penciled that much stuff, but he did some stuff on Doctor Strange, 
and it's kind of a little bit burny. Right. <laughs> You're thinking like, is it because is it because he's been doing so much burn stuff? Or is it because uh, is it the other way around? Is is it him that gives burn that look? You know, so it's That's my dog, everybody, that noise in the background. I think she's got, she's got a hairball or something. <laughs> Sorry about that. We don't edit anything here in the cave. <laughs> um, but as far as I, I want to read Future Imperfect, I haven't read it. That was your original question. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a great pick. Yeah, that might be one of the things up next on my reading list, the volume three of The Incredible Hulk. Omnibus, yeah. Because number four is about to be... out soon as well. Yeah. Just, yeah. just mention it. Um, weirdly, so I want, I'm desperate to get hold of his... Justice League, yeah. Justice League, yeah. They they put stuff out for it. There were little collections of it, but it was like more focused on his work. So a chunk of the stories not included. Uh, And it's like, well, just it drives me nuts when they do that. Well, that's how they did the Todd McFarlane trades of the Visionaries. They left out all of the Assassination Nation or Assassination Creed. Um, it's, It's a Oh, fuck, I should, oh, excuse my language. I should know that, and I can't remember it. Assassination something. Assassination plot. Something, yeah, something like that. With the Captain America in it and everything. Yeah, the saber tooth. Yeah, they take out a bunch of issues in those visionaries. Like, why? What? Yeah, because it was Eric Larson who drew it instead. It's like, oh, yeah. how could I, why would I want to read this? This is yeah. a, a six-part storyline. And you just leave out four issues or something stupid. Like, I don't know why they do that. DC's no, bad. DC's dumb for that. I forgot. Well, that, was, that, was, that was a Marvel choice, wasn't it? And like, DC do that a lot. But Marvel doing it, it's like, come on. Normally they don't. Yeah, they're way better. Yeah. Way. You have a lot more. I don't know where it comes from, but they Marvel seems to have a lot more appreciation for um, completing a collection. And yeah. doing it in a more readable way the next time they release it. Yeah. I find. Yeah. They generally do. Um, yeah, DC, unfortunately, are very strict on their um, creator spotlight stuff. Yeah. To the point where it makes no sense. I, I got, Funny enough, I got The Adventures of Superman by George Perez hardcover um, about a year or so ago. Um, and there's a storyline in that. Because it's, I think it's like a six-parter or a nine-parter, maybe even. But it's only got his three chapters from when he was on whichever action or adventures or whichever title he was doing. Like you've missed. There's a third of the story, two thirds of the story missing. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, it's so silly. It, I don't know. And then you start seeing those books on the used bookshelf. Like nobody wants them because they're unreadable. Yeah. Unless people are buying those books just to look at the pictures, which some do, but I guess where where do you? This is a silly question, but no such thing. Where do you put George Perez on your like all time artists? Weirdly, not as high as you might expect. Which sounds kind of like at this kind of time, it sounds sort of, to me disrespectful. But no, I've generally tended to prefer less detail. I think at one point in time, he he was higher. I think as time's gone on, I've started to prefer much more simple art. Yeah. Um, 
you know, not the, not so much the hyper detailed stuff. So like like someone like Jim Lee was at the top at one point. Now he's probably 30, 40 something, you know. Hmm. Um, whereas someone like Ben Stenbeck, who no one's really ever heard of, I'd put in like if he's drawing a book, I'll buy it. Right. But no one knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, so. it, it, it's true. Your your art, um, your palette, if you will begins to adjust based off of interactions with the story where you're like, you know what? I don't think I mind characters being drawn to look like kids. Like almost like a, how do you put it? Like more of a cartoony style. I don't Mm -hmm. mind it looking a little bit more childish if the story, if it serves the story right. Yeah. That's the thing with stuff like with someone like Waringo, who I still love. He's easily top 10. <clears throat> if not top five, and Mike Mignola, a completely different style, but again, very pared down. Right. Alan Davis, in a weird way, has got some detail in his stuff, but his core characters at the front are very bold and all the lines are really nice and smooth. And I love his stuff, it's so clean. And that's the thing, I think I like that style more. It's, it's amazing to look at, it's, it's almost like having, having the picture on the wall or the story in my hand. Right. And George Perez is the picture on the wall. Right. But, you know, I can't I keep saying Ben Stenbeck. So Ben Stenbeck did the Baltimore series, or most of it, with uh, Mike Minola writing it. And I loved it. And it's just, it's the, the style is nice. The feel is nice. It's got good pace, all that kind of stuff. It's almost like I don't want the distraction of all these explosions and everyone's individual eyebrow hairs. <laughs> As yeah, amazing yeah. as it is. Yeah, yeah. I it's not what I want right now. Yeah, I hear what you mean. Uh, when it comes to superhero teams, like when I want to have a fun, bombastic comic book time, he's mm-hmm. my go-to guy. But if it, like his event, when he comes on to Superman in the 80s, it's like, eh. Do you know what I mean? It's not quite as... Um, it's still beautiful. It's still great stuff, but he thrives off of everything's going on. Yeah. You know, when I that's want that's what you want. That yeah. Will be, yeah. And I'll go to like the Avengers, his his Avengers is means a lot in that regard. Like if you want to have that sort of very very superhero-esque comic book, like you're very definitive, you know, Infinity Gauntlet, everybody's there. Like yeah, it's big. You know? a, it's a good choice for the Infinity Gauntlet when you consider how it, you know, that, it was taking place in that. Right, he's that, that that guy. He, he's done some. It's weird because like what I say, like I bought that George Perez book. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought many artist centric books from DC for that reason we mentioned earlier. Right, she's missing. I had to get that book, so it obviously impacts me on some level. And like I want, I want the Teen Titans omnibus. Right, and I want as many of them as they re-release. <laughs> Until his run is finished. Yeah. So there's a place. There is a place in there. I just, weirdly, I'm not as big a fan of that Avengers run as I think a lot of people. And I think a lot of that comes down to some of the stories just didn't resonate with me. And that comes down more to the writing. Yeah, it it is very verbose and a lot of plates trying to be spun. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, let's get to it already. I do understand that because... Re- rereading it, 
you're like, this takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Right. You really start to, especially during the Perez time. It's like, this is. Well, he found it really hard to put word balloons. I mean, consider like how verbose Kurt Busiek's stuff is. And he's very Roy Thomas influenced. Right. And they paired him up with George Perez. And he said, like, there's no room. There's no room in these. He doesn't leave room in the panel for a word balloon. No. He said, like, now I've got the responsibility of covering up his art. <laughs> like it's criminal. Yeah. So, but the, the answer there, Kurt, is just chill. Don't write so much dialogue. Yeah, it's that. It's and again, that's and a mood. That's yeah. That kind of stuff is a mood. It's it's oftentimes what makes me avoid going back to it. like I really want to do a X Men read through badly. <laughs> But I know yeah, that. Yeah. But I know that going to the beginning, it'll take a while because Claremont likes to explain how to tie shoelaces. Yeah, they'll tie they'll tie shoelaces in that way mm-hmm. every issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every issue. What was the? Oh, what's like he moves in a way that belies his. Yeah. Side. Yeah. That there's always a the same line that goes with each certain character especially Psylocke <laughs> yeah the focus totality of my of my psionic powers or whatever it was like, alright alright Bets yeah we got the message uh, <laughs> no one in England is called Betsy by the way just to yeah no I, I George Perez is high on the list for me he was a guy who I always wanted to meet and when he that's my one of my regrets is that I never got to meet that, that that particular artist because he's also he seemed as nice as the guy you imagined him to be. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like I love that you're the guy who drew these superhero books. Like you look like the guy who does. It just yeah. went, and he looked as happy about it as you would imagine. Yeah, totally. And that's how his art makes me feel. It's, I can see him drawing it as I read it in a very strange way. I love that picture of him holding a cosplay Supergirl fan, like the cover of... Like he's, he's ecstatic. He, he loves it. Loves it. Absolutely. And he's got those bright shirts. He always had the bright Hawaiian shirts. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. And everyone, everyone said, everyone that, that's written about him says, like he's just incredibly upbeat passionate yeah I got to meet Neil and that was pretty cool but George Perez was probably on the top of the list in a weird way where does he come in your he's your favorite artist not my favorite artist per se but of a certain time like I think of him and Byrne as like interchangeably like my childhood visual of superheroes so they're they're very nostalgic, like the the warmth of that that I feel from their art is. Did someone fall behind me? Sounded like it. Sounded like it. What did I do? Yeah, the warmth of their art, or the the warmth that their art makes me feel, adds something. Would you like to interview Bert? What the hell is? What that? is that? Hold on a second. And we're back, and we found the culprit. <laughs> And there was a legitimate noise that comes through on the recording. I heard it and I'm keeping it in there because the story is good. That was my girlfriend outside my window trying to get my attention, throwing rocks at the window. My wife didn't have a key to get in. She was trying to get my attention. Your girlfriend was at the window and your wife's trying to get in. Same person. (laughs) Same person. 
it made the story sound even more colorful. (laughs) 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 Well, you asked me if I wanted to interview Byrne. Is that what you said? Yeah, would you interview Byrne? I'd love to. I would. You know why? Because it seems like it would be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I think it would be a challenge. And that kind of intrigues me. Whereas there's some people I'm like, I don't want to hear you get into your whole spiel about whatever you're, you know, advocating for. There's some artists where I'm like, I don't want to get into that. Because you know, like, that's what they want to talk about. Yeah. Right? Whereas with Burn, I'm like, all right, buddy, just let it go. Let's see how unleashed you get. Let's, how crazy can, <laughs> what, what's the craziest thing I could get you to say? Like, that would be fun. I, I don't, have you ever heard him on a podcast or anything? I have. Not on my podcast. I have. I heard him? Yeah. I wasn't sure if he'd done any. He's done a couple. Has he? And they were later later on the line. The website shut down, so those podcasts are not there anymore. But I recorded him at, at Fan Expo, and I put it on my on my page on my podcast. I got two two hours worth of burn. Just right yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. And I had some people actually contact me because like, can we use your footage? And it was the one time where I'm like. Well, look at me making it here in the podcast Because, <laughs> yeah, it was rare. It was rare. And he had some good, good like, insights. Like, you learned, you know, sometimes, like, ah, that's, that's cool to know that. Yeah. He, he really enjoyed doing Wonder Woman. I wouldn't have thought that. Really? Yeah, he says, I could have stayed on that book forever. I read his Burn Robotics page, and it just, there was, a, there was a, one page on his, on his website which was um, a list of the reasons why he left each title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He always left in a blaze of glory, eh? Yeah. It's a, it's a shame, but hey, there are stories, right? There are stories, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm very saddened about Perez. That one broke, broke my heart a little bit because he was still relatively young. Still had a lot of life yeah. to live. It was weird because I wasn't sure. I'm sure how you're going to figure out. You don't know a person, or you know, but they still have an impact on your your life. And um, that was when we went to Free Comic Book Day. So it was the Saturday, um, and they were offering up. They were doing a raffle for JLA Avengers. Oh, nice! The collector edition. So they went like, well, you know, we've got a book. We've got one copy. Um, we're doing a raffle. It all goes to charity. Like, this is great. This is how it should be. Not like some shops where they're charging 200 quid for a copy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, I entered the raffle. I haven't heard anything. Probably didn't win. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking, oh, I really want that book. I really want it. I really, really want it. And then got home, and then that's when I read it. Like, oh, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah, really is. I didn't realize how rare it's going to be to have the JLA Avengers book. I have a copy of the the original trade. I think it's the original trade of it. Oh, wow. Soft cover from, I don't know, 2009, 2010. And I, I almost brought it with me on vacation. And shout out to Adam Chapman. He said, you don't let that leave your house. Like, if you're going to read it, read it in your room. And don't let anyone touch it. I'm like, why? Like, what's the big deal? He's like, that thing is like a... Yeah, pretty much at this point. I said, mm. oh, thank you for the heads up because was, it was in my bag about to go into humid air. To be, yeah, and I'm like, ooh. 
yeah, he'll, uh, it'll be fun to reread his stuff and to, uh, read the stuff I haven't read yet. Yeah. No, it's, he's, he's an artist I love for sure. Yeah. Strangely, I really want to read his, um, sax and violence, uh, series, which is a really obscure you know Peter what? David series by Epic Comics in the 80s, 80s, I think, early 90s. With George Perez. George Perez. I could be I could be speaking if I'm if I'm saying anything false, you know, please tell me. But I think he had like uh he said in one of his posts that he was retiring from Comic-Cons and he was going to do one more show but continue to go to this other con which I think was like a fetish con. He was like, this is, right. and, and that was the, like, he's like, the only exception is for this convention. Like, I, I forgot what it was called, but it, I was like, Whoa. and it was very kinky. Oh. And, and it kind of made me see his art a little different. He was quite open about the way he drew Scarlet Witch. He said, like, just so you know, like, like yeah, she's not wearing any, any. Thing under, she's not wearing any underwear today. I'm a, I'm a pervert. That's just how I am. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. You're honest, George. So. Yeah, and so I was just like, it kind of informed me a little bit different. In a way, like here, I thought he was this innocent, like, "Hey, kids, you want a picture of Superman?" Kind of, and I'm like, "No, no, this actually makes more sense." I think he's both people. Yes. Exactly. Exactly, but I but it it, it wrong with that. No, but it also made me understand like oh his interest in Wonder Woman is not just Greek mythology like there was you know William Moulton Marston is that his name the creator uh, I can't remember yeah something like that but he was yeah he was very kinky yeah the case so there's there's a lot of kink with Wonder Woman period right. Yeah, there's something there. I don't there. know if he included that though in his bit, or if he took the. He took a little uh, bit more of the Greek mythology way, yeah. but I think the character lends itself to. I don't know how to even describe it, but I can see why it was important to him if he was going to continue doing these other shows. Like I would be like, why, why would you? Why would a comic book artist be, you know, at these show at this show making an appearance? Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, there you go. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Yeah. So I don't I, know how much of, of that kind of thing is actually in that series because it was called Sex and Violence. Sex and – oh, I heard Sex and Violence. It's, it sounds like Sex and Violence, but it's it's like S-A-C-H-S. Okay. And, and V-I-O-L-E-N-S, so it's Sex and Violence. I made it get really weird in this conversation. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Comic speaking. It's all relevant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's 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 it about? Sex and violence. I don't know. I don't know if they're like bounty hunters or something. But she dresses in really kind of skimpy underwearish stuff, and he looks like a thug or something like that. Okay, so I'm not completely off. No, it's probably along those lines. But it's written by Peter David. I can't even 100 percent remember when it came out. Got it. It's yeah. I just because it's so you know it's it's to the side. I'm yeah. kind of intrigued. Yeah, because especially in the in that era of when the, you know the the artists that we grew up enjoying, their stuff was mainly from DC and Marvel. You didn't if you were doing something on the fringes, 
It's because you hadn't made it to DC and Marvel yet, really. Yeah, normally. No, um, so it was just something you couldn't do. Actually, no, it's funny. It was 1993. Oh. Epic was part of Marvel. Right. So that was kind of their vertigo. Right. At that point. It predates vertigo. Hmm. So a lot of stuff, I mean, like Electro Assassin was released under Epic. Right. Uh, Alien Nation or Alien Legion or something. There's, there were loads of other books that came out under, under Epic, but it sort of... It's not wasn't as prominent somehow, but yeah, they did a they did a thing together for just a four issue miniseries. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's any good. It might be. It might not be. I can't imagine Peter David and George Perez doing what they want not being good. Yeah, right. Because I think what gets in the yeah. way of Peter David oftentimes is editorial. Yeah, well, there's a lot more freedom. Yeah, on the epic books. So, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything that you're purchasing next? You're excited to? Um, I, well, in terms of, I mean, I've literally just finished reading Carmen um, from Image Comics, so mm-hmm. it's put me in a real image mood for for what's coming up. I'm just loving a lot of the stuff they're releasing at the moment. Um, but yeah, so a Primordial's coming out as well, which is the Jeff Lemire series, which I think ties in with the. Americans launching monkeys into space, or was it? Is it the Americans? Or I, don't, I don't know. Whoever it is, um, a lot of Omni's coming out. I've actually got my list because <laughs> it's a fair list. Um, but I'm particularly looking forward to uh, the Murder Falcon Deluxe Edition by Daniel Warren Johnson. Ah, oh, have you read that? No, I'm desperate to. After reading Wonder Woman Dead Earth, I'm desperate to read Murder Falcon. So good, and yeah. Extremity. So anything he does, he's. Another guy in that list, like, I know I said my last episode, like Sean Daly, I'll read anything he does, and I, I mean that, but same goes for Danny Warren Johnson. And they got similar, they, they got not similar style, but similar tastes. They're okay. very similar people as well. Soft-spoken, uh, you know, n- not overly opinionated, but their stuff is like, they really care about what they're trying to say. I actually listened to him talking about his new series, Do a Powerbomb, and I don't even like wrestling. Um, but I desperately want to want to read this series when, when it's um, when it gets collected, just because like, it's just so much fun. And he has this attitude as well of like, because I think Murder Falcon is kind of based on metal, but he and it's going to have a lot of metal references in it. But he's appreciating that a lot of people won't know those references, so he's tried to make it clear for the people that don't, and it's a bonus for the people that do. And that's a really nice way to do stuff, you know. It's so it just good. Gives everyone their context, and it's fun as fuck. It's so good, uh, Dave. Like it, I would recommend it to anybody. Like I, I hope you enjoy it. It's one of the best books I've read. Truly. Wow. Just because it's it's fun and makes in in a lot of ways makes sense, but then makes no sense. But it's like just <laughs> go with it. Like this is metal, right? It really uh-huh. channels that, and then it really hits the heartstrings. Oh, so wow. you're like doing the. Go for it, and yeah. then you're just like, oh, what a what a landing! Well, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I'm really looking forward to it. That's that's a um, great addition to the shelf. Murder Falcon. Yeah, definitely Murder Falcon. I, they, they're releasing curse image are releasing curse words as well, as in one book, which was by um, Charles Sewell, and I really loved his Letter Forty Four series. So this is totally different. It's like magic and 
stuff. So it's called Curse Words, a whole damn thing. But otherwise, there's, there's um, uh, um, I forgot his name. How did you forget his name? It's Dan Brereton. It's Dan Brereton. Um, but his Nocturnal series is being wrapped up okay. in terms of this two-book collection. I just love his art. It looks like, like I mentioned before, it looks like those, the 70s artwork they used to have in people's bathrooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of very gothy. Um, and then there's stuff like um, Thor by Fraction coming out in an Omni format. Catwoman by Brubaker is coming out in Omni format. Heard good things about that. In the next month. And it's also got Darwin Cook's art on it, so you can't go wrong, basically. Um, Ice Cream Man, Deluxe Book One, um, The Question, First Omniverse. There's a lot of really great stuff coming out, and it's crippling. Yeah. I kind of got a little bit of an interest in the... Um Moon Knight omnibus of the uh, not from so the, the Charlie who's, who's yeah Charlie Houston. Houston yeah that one thirty issues have you read that I've read most of that oh, I, mean, okay. I read it at the time okay the the Finch stuff is quite I quite liked it I read it in a in a monthly format right right and I think a part of me would kind of like to reread it now in one sitting yeah I think I read the first six. I read the first 12 issues again in one sitting because for some bit it ties into Civil War. I actually, I mean, Mark Texera, I think, comes back on it towards the end or comes onto the series towards the end. There's some interesting bits in it, but it's not, it wasn't enough to make me want to pick it up. Yeah, I've no, it's I not have, I the have, best no? okay. stuff you can read. Yeah, I, I, I have the um, Moon Knight from Lemire, which was really good. I, if you're going to get into um, Marvel post-Secret Wars, that's a good a good place to start. They just released that on Marvel Unlimited as a, a um, you know, where they have those special comics that kind of move differently on there. Okay. Like infinite comics. Right, right, right. They've, re- they've redone that as an that's infinite cool. comic on, on the Marvel Unlimited app. So I'm, I've got that saved. I'm going to read it. Yeah, that's that's a wor- worthwhile series. Um, and I haven't read anything else. I'm uh, really going in blind. And I have the epics that collect the original Moon Knight run. have all of those. So this would be the you only... Them? You haven't read them? No. Yeah. No. no. I, the Senkovich issues, so his style changes. I love his stuff. But his style is very Neil Adams coming full circle here at, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was a point where he went to Europe and he, he studied. And I don't remember if it was in the middle of his time on Moon Knight or when it was but anyway when he comes back when he's on it later in the in the 20s issues they are the best issues they're probably the best issues of Moon Knight okay um, so like issue 25 I think it is where he fights the kind of the dark version of himself um, the stained glass scarlet issues they're, they're great uh, the um, werewolf by night issues there's not many there's a little chunk they're the best for me, anyway. I think, and then after that, I can't think of many great Moon Knight stories. I think the, like, the Warren Ellis stuff was alright, but yeah, I feel like um, I read that, and I was more studying the pacing and the art and and the action sequences and all of those type of things. But I didn't understand it because I, I I didn't know the character enough. I felt like I needed to be steeped in the lore of who this character is and how he operates to appreciate it. I don't. I don't think it benefits because I mean I read a fair chunk. Like I read, I read a chunk of the '90s stuff, which was mostly not great. Um, but it doesn't. 
necessarily help. I think it feels like he's one of those characters where it doesn't sell well enough. And every time someone wants to wanted to pick him up, they had their own take. Mm. So like with the crazy stuff, the multiple personality disorder stuff, that was being introduced by a fill-in writer on the original series. Mm-hmm. And every time um, Doug, Doug Mensch came back to write it, he would, he would ignore that. Hmm. So it was weird how that even came in. It was like people wanted to play with that more in the 2000s series. Mm, I see. But it's, so it's just been, he's, he's been one of those things that every time someone picks him up, they've got a completely different take on it. So he's very, it's a very inconsistent right. character. Feels so like recommending Moon Knight, you kind of go, yeah. and that's the thing, I can literally, I think that there's a strong six issue period with um, Doug and Bill that's, it's great. They were really like they impacted me as a kid. Quite well, like that's what made me love Bill Senkovich. And then I went back and reread his New Mutant stuff mm. and and loved Demon Bear. Whereas when I first read it, I didn't like it um, because because of his heart. And now I love it because of his heart. Um, so yeah, it's it's weird. It's a, it's a very weird. There's a lot of freedom for them to like. I did watch the series, and there is a lot more freedom freedom for them to do what they want with him because. It's not very set in stone. You watched the Marvel series? I did, yeah. What did you think? I didn't like it. <laughs> Don't listen to Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you wouldn't like it. Um, the thing is, what, you know what gets me about these things? Though, it's like when they go, I like the way that Oscar Isaac plays two different characters. He's an actor. That's what they do. Like, <laughs> if he can't play two different characters, he's a shit actor. <laughs> Ah, that's funny but it's, yeah. I mean he did a great job no, he, he was did the well. most appealing thing about it mm-hmm. um, I didn't get the other character female character at all I thought the villain so the villain is based on a, a character that was in the second series of Moon Knight which is like a mini series he appeared in one issue his name was whatever it was Harrow and then he never saw him again they used that name and then they'd given him a completely different thing. So he, he was kind of an existing character, but he just wasn't compelling. I just wanted him off the screen. So I'm like, okay, you've had your guest star thing. Can we get rid of him now and have a proper villain? Instead of some wispy haired old dude with Crocs on. Like, what's that? Yeah. I think a lot of the show is influenced by the Lemire series. Okay. Quite a bit. Because I watched the show and I, I was, I felt like, I had read what I needed to read to understand what was going on. And when I read the okay. book, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand what the heck this is about. <laughs> but but when I got to as the cuz they split it in certain type of arcs where different versions of him are that personality leading. is is leading. Right. And then okay. it all comes together at the end. You're like, "Well, okay. That was that was something." But when I watched the show, I said, oh, okay, I kind of, now that I see it in motion, I'm appreciating the book a little bit differently too. Okay. But um, I don't want to oversell it. But yeah, it's a good good place to start for Moon Knight. For sure. My friend, cool. let's wrap this one up. We uh, did what we said we wouldn't do, which go over longer than we thought. <laughs> but it's oh, always no, a blast. Wow, that's cool. I don't want to ask. <laughs> no, it's only been, a, it's an hour 20. Hour 23. But uh, it's always a blast talking to you, man. Very relaxing. These comic speakeasies, uh, I think, are a good comic book fan podcast to listen to with a little whiskey at the end of the night. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. it's the vibe you, you should want to feel. Or if you're on the bus and you're falling asleep, hey, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a little bit of makeup. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. We will we'll do this soon. Very we soon. Will. Yes. It's been too long and it won't be too long again. No, it won't it won't be. And we won't have nobody interrupting us by throwing things at the window. <laughs> your wife or your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Take care everybody. No Thank you. Follow us on uh, the Instagrams. What are you, what's your new your Instagram handle for people to follow you? Um well it's not just me. That's, but right. that's news to come. That's news to come. That's right. We'll talk more about that later. We will. Um, but it's Omniverse Comics Card. It's, it's, it's switch out Marvel for Omniverse and you've got it. That's right. It's just going to make it more fun. Yes, more open. Yes, right. That's what we want. All right, everybody. Thank you. Follow us Cave of Solitude. Email us at caveofsolitude.outlook.com. Rate and review us on all your platforms. Please, it actually does help. Take care, everybody. Bye.